Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Thanks for joining me today. We are in a time of testing right now with the coronavirus safety measures in place. How do we walk through this? Today I'm going to cover Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11. This is when Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Some of us are feeling like we are in a wilderness, not a spiritual wilderness per se, but a natural one. We're a little lost trying to navigate through life with this new format. All of our idols have been stripped away. Sports, gambling, our religiousness and traditions. We can't attend services. And you might think at first glance that that's not an idol, but for some it can be. That's its own message, but if we can't have a relationship with God without attending a big service, then that's a problem. For some, going out to restaurants or social events have become idols. Anyway, with those things gone, we are figuring out how to function with this new system, so to speak. This scripture really speaks to working through trials in a victorious way. It's Jesus, so of course, he's victorious, right? But in 1 John 4, verse 17, it says that we are, as Jesus is, even in this world. So it doesn't say we act like Jesus. It says we are as he is, even in this world. He is our model. So speaking of trials, James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy when you face trials. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not thanks for the struggle or the bad circumstance necessarily, but give thanks in it. This is one of those times that we need to count it all joy. We need to rejoice and give thanks because we are facing trials. Amen? So we're going to read through this scripture passage once to get the gist of it. Then we're going to go back through it verse by verse. It's good to do that with scripture. Get the general idea, then slow down and let God show you, let him reveal to you, how does this apply to you personally? What can you glean from it? All scripture is valuable, even the Old Testament. I know it's easier (laughs) to stay in the New Testament, but you're missing out if you stick to the easy stuff. When you slow down, this is when the Lord can speak to you directly and give you specific revelation. So just to give you some background before we read, This is when John the Baptist had just baptized Jesus, water baptism. So when we get water baptized, we're making a public prophetic declaration of our relationship with Jesus and that we have become a new creation. So he gets water baptized, then Jesus came up out of the water and he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, in that you receive power. You are immersed in Holy Spirit. If you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you need to. I'll do another podcast soon on that because it's vital to your walk with the Lord. Anyway, that's the backdrop to Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. So we're going to get rolling. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, 
and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Okay, so verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. That word tempted also could be tested or a trial. So he was tempted by the devil. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We have to be led by the Spirit, first and foremost. We need to be so sensitive to what he is speaking that everything else is just white noise. The Spirit immediately throws him into the fire. The Spirit says, you have the power to withstand this victoriously. Let's go. Remember, he had just received power because he had just received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, don't hesitate. Get in the game. Right now, we are all tempted to stall out. Things are suddenly really weird in our lives. Nothing looks the same. We're all just trying to get toilet paper and keep our kids safe and occupied. But this is not the time to forget about strengthening our spirits. On the contrary, it's a time to take advantage of the time. First Chronicles talks about the sons of Issachar. They knew the season they were in. They understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. This is a time where we need to understand the times and know what we should do. This is a time to strengthen your spirit. You aren't interacting with a lot of people in person, so make the interactions that you do have impactful. Use the opportunity to share about the Lord, that he is our hope through this. Share with others why you're not fearful, but instead you're hopeful and have not lost your joy and are still thankful in the midst of chaos. Give them a good word from the Lord. Speak life over others and speak life over yourself. The second part of that verse says, to be tempted or tested by the devil. I think sometimes we have it in our head, kind of that old-fashioned scenario of a little white angel on one shoulder and then a little devil on the other, like this battle is between Satan and God. Well, really, it's not. God has already won, first of all, and they are obviously not equals, and they aren't opposites either. I know that's something that you need to kind of think about, but consider this. God's little pinky toe is so much higher and far beyond what Satan could ever hope or even fathom, even on his best day. So God uses Satan for his bidding sometimes. It's a setup. He's allowing a test so you can be strengthened. God doesn't ever cause sickness or injury. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying he works all things for our good. So little Lucy thinks he's getting somewhere, pulling you down, whispering fear in your ear. But then God turns the tables on him and he uses it for your good. He strengthens your resolve with the trial. One of the definitions of resolve is to decide firmly on a course of action. So you've already decided to have faith through this and trust God. Now let it strengthen that decision. Use this time to pursue God in a new and deeper way. You might think, well, how do I do that? We're going to do an activation right now. We're going to ask the Lord just that question. How do we pursue him? And I want you to pay attention to the thoughts that you have. I want you to sense what Holy Spirit is showing you and telling you. So God, how can I pursue you now in a deeper way? 
God, how can I pursue you now in a deeper way? You know, whatever you heard, I'm sure it was good if it's coming from God. If you need more time, go ahead and spend more time doing that. Maybe some of you heard, receive communion. I'm going to remind myself and others that the body of Christ paid for my divine health. Maybe some of you heard dropping off a meal or necessities to a neighbor or to call someone and check in. Let them know you care. Those types of things are pursuing God in a deeper way. It doesn't have to be sit in a chair for two hours reading your Bible and don't move. I mean, it could be that. But the word says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. It's active and alive. That's the type of relationship that we have with him. Amen? So connect with Holy Spirit. Get a plan of action, at least one tangible act to move forward in hope. Moving on to verse 2, it says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. In Matthew 6, Jesus says in verse 16, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Not if you fast, but when you fast. So it's important that we do that as Christ followers. So when you fast, you are strengthening your self-control muscle. By saying no to, let's say you were fasting sugar. By saying no to sugar, you're working out your no. It's not self-control for self-control's sake. It's a yielding to the Spirit of God. Practice fasting. This is a lifestyle, not a January thing. It's a lifestyle thing. Fasting starves doubt and it feeds faith. I don't have a full understanding of exactly how that works. It's really supernatural. I just have experienced it far too many times for it to not be real. I don't have to know how. I just have to know that it's true. So when you're hungry for something and you're able to say no to it, Every time in the future you have to say no to something, it's so much easier. What's happening is you're allowing your perfect spirit that is one with Holy Spirit to lead. Fasting doesn't just strengthen you to not do something. It also strengthens you to do something. So you're stronger when you need to speak up, be bold, share a word, speak against an injustice, or to act on something that the Lord is calling you to do, to change things, to go after your destiny. We're not here to be waiting for God to do something. He already did. He's waiting for you to. So go, make disciples of all nations, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Come on. Verse 3, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan always seems to come when you are at your weakest. That's why when you are strong, you need to be diligent to work out your self-control muscles. So I have a daughter and she has trouble with biting her nails sometimes. And during this, a couple days ago, we were out and we had to go to a couple of stores. And I said, you cannot, we all know we can't touch our faces right now. I said, you cannot bite your nails. She said, I can't stop. I said, tell yourself, speak the words. I can resist biting. I will not bite my nails. If you say you can't stop, then you won't. So prophesy the truth that you can stop and you will stop. In verse 4 it says, It is written, Jesus knew the word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 119.11. We need to hide the word in our heart. Then when we need it, we can pull it out and use it. 
the sword of the spirit. That's what that is. And we need to clock the devil over the head with it. Just like that whack-a-mole game where you have that big sledgehammer and those little moles and you see how many you can get. Some of you are imagining this right now. Like, imagine little devils coming up and then you're just knocking them out with your Bible. Except for here, if you are armed with the word, you always get the devil and you get him good because he's already defeated. We're just here to enforce his demise. It is finished. He's already a goner. But if we don't know it because we haven't hidden the word in our heart, we don't know the word, it doesn't do us much good at the moment. So we need to know the word in order to know our place of authority over him. Holy Spirit will bring it to remembrance when you need it, but it's your responsibility to prepare and have the ammo in your heart. So not just the written word, but a freshly spoken word from the Lord. We need that as well. How do we get that? Sometimes the Lord will give someone else a word for you, but we need to be able to get it from him personally. And you just practiced that earlier, so ask. James 1.5 says, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Boom. Come on. I love that verse. He loves giving you wisdom. Just ask. And he's not going to find fault with you. He's not going to say, hey, you should have known that. No way. He's just going to give it to you and give it to you generously. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, that's what that scripture says. So remember the saying, I got it straight from the horse's mouth. It meant that you got it directly from that person. You have to be face to face with someone to get it directly from them. We have that kind of access to God. Okay, we're up to verse 5 and 6. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. There he goes again. He's persistent. If one angle doesn't work, he'll try again. First, he tries to get Jesus to question his identity, right? He says, if you are the son of man... And he does the same thing to us. That's why we need to know who we are, a son or daughter of the Most High God. We wear robes of righteousness. We are as Jesus is, even in this world. Then Satan says, throw yourself down. He's always saying something stupid. If he's talking, he's lying or saying something stupid. We can't afford to entertain his ridiculousness. Like Steve Backlund says, we need to just laugh at that. You don't have time for his baloney. Then he throws some scripture in, trying to use it in some warped way to, you know, get what he wants. We all probably know some people who do that kind of stuff, huh? (laughs) Again, if we don't know the word and know it well enough to apply it to our lives, then we need to fix that. You have been given a sound mind. Use it. I'm not into arguing with people about the word. I don't think that we have to do that to represent Jesus, but... We do need to be able to give a reason for what we believe. And we need to be able to tell when someone is feeding us a line. Verse 7 and 8, Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I remember having a conversation with someone over the summer who was saying that they had anxiety. So I asked, who told you that you had anxiety? 
And they said, oh, my parents. I said, well, do you want to have anxiety? And they were like, no. So I said, then don't. Don't receive what the devil is giving you. Reject it. Resist him. God never says you have to have anxiety. He says quite the opposite. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That is not confusing. It's simple. Believe his word and then stamp the devil's package of anxiety. Return to sender. Here's what that would look like. If Satan is tempting you or testing you in some way, trying to get you to make a wrong choice, maybe, for example, he's trying to get you to look at porn or cheat on your spouse or something, start praying for your spouse. Go to something super nice for them, something that will actually strengthen your marriage and rub his nose in it. He'll think twice next time before he brings that garbage up, knowing that you're going to turn it around and bless your marriage. Or let's say you feel tempted to cuss. Instead, bless someone, bless yourself, declare some scripture, start praising the Lord. You know what happens when you start praising God, the angels come and they love it. It attracts the angelic in your life. They can't resist praising God. They'll join right in. You'll be having such a good time. You won't even remember what little distraction the devil is trying to pull you down with. You'll just be having a great time rejoicing and worshiping God. Verses 10 and 11, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. I love it. Jesus nips that thing in the bud. He says, Away from me, Satan. I'm into worshiping God only. And then the angels come. Ah! Angels are legit. I know there's not a lot of talk about them in the Western culture here, but... Just know they are real. There is, of course, great scripture about them, and God is still using angels today. Very much so, and I can absolutely attest to that. Maybe that will be another podcast, but for today, I'm wrapping up. I hope this was helpful for you. As we walk through this time, remember to do it victoriously and be as Jesus is even in this world. 